0: Welcome to episode number 48, Why Mortality and Illness. Just a quick note before I get started today, if you like what you're hearing, leave a comment or a rating, or even pass it along to a friend. It actually helps others to find this podcast. So today's episode is going to be a little different in its content. You're not going to notice much change in language, but this is a subject I wanted to approach for some time. Don't stop halfway through. Listen to it all. And maybe you have felt the same way I have about mortality and illness. I have spent a great deal of time pondering, why mortality? Oh, I understand the basic doctrinal premise of learning to use a mortal body, and of course the testing and trial aspects. I could probably make a fairly good argument for agency in the veil of forgetfulness we encounter. But why this experience? out of all the many experiences that the Lord could provide for trial and testing of my desire to be with him, why this? Why place me in a dysfunctional body, erase my memory, and make things so difficult on me? Now, mind you, this isn't a complaint or even a slight murmuring. I really question to understand, not to express my displeasure with the Lord or his methods. Why does mortality make sense? After all, There are many spirits who don't need mortality, at least not all of it. For instance, think about the many children who have passed away before coming to the age of agency and determination. They have their salvation fixed, and eventually they're going to find a companion and have exaltation. And they don't seem to need the mortal experience, well, except for that of a body. Somehow they have passed their tests before they came here, to mortality. If they don't need it, then why do I, or anyone for that matter? I get it, biologically, we need adults to have children, but even then, why is there value for some to live a long life and seemingly no real value for others who live relatively short lives? Now, when I say mortality, I don't mean that we don't need bodies, although one could seemingly ask that question if you think about how the Lord created this earth when he was a spirit. Does my longer life mean that I need something that those who died much younger don't? That I need more because I was weaker, less pure than they were? Why put me through such a difficult experience where I have a moderate chance of failure? Why do the young get a free pass and I have to suffer through it? Again, before we get too far, this isn't a complaint, just rather the pondering of the why of it all. Sometimes this mortal life just doesn't equate. I know that Father in Heaven is fair and just, and so I have no doubt that they have, through their obedience, obtained eternal life. And I'm not saying that they should have to pass through mortality as some type of, hey, that's not fair, feeling that I have. And perhaps a free pass probably isn't, maybe, quite right as far as terminology. But it feels that way from my limited mortal perspective. I know that I shouldn't compare because the reality is that I know very little about what occurred before this life, and really, there is no way to tell exactly where I stand in any type of comparison. The reality is that I'm making an assumption that those who are pure get the free pass, and those of us who may be not as pure don't in some type of pre-Earth reward system. While there does appear to be some type of system of rewards for this Earth life, I don't think one can jump right to a dividing line where the pure get the free pass and the rest of us suffer various levels of mortality and circumstances. I still question why mortality is the necessary experience we must endure well to obtain celestial life. Inherent, of course, in that question is very likely what does mortality really bring into the picture for me and for everyone else. Now, mortality, by eternal comparison, is very short. And very short is an understatement. If you had all the sands of all the beaches and oceans from this earth, our mortal life is likely just to be one, maybe two grains of that sand of time. And yet, so much bears on its outcomes. It feels like everything bears on this outcome. Can I say that I openly struggle a little bit with that concept? Somehow, all of my future depends upon a few brief moments in a degenerative body. From the mortal, veiled perspective, it simply does not seem like one could judge the entirety of future, my future sands, by a couple of grains, and yet somehow from my limited perspective, it's really what it appears to be. It is not only that my future entirely depends upon this short time frame, my body has been given weaknesses that make me feel like I'm running this race to the finish line through a mud bog, it's only getting deeper. My limited progress at times makes me feel as though I'm really standing still, just looking, wishing, and hoping that somebody's going to move the finish line closer to me, because right now I feel like I am certainly not going to get there at the pace that I am running. Yes, I believe that the atonement can move that line for us, but from my perspective, it's only getting further away, not much closer. The more I learn about perfection and the further I progress in this earth life, the further the line seems to be. My progression, for the most part, has not come in leaps and bounds, but inches where I feel as though I need to be moving miles. My body is also troubling. Just when I think I have some control, and I've actually learned something, I run into an obstacle that wasn't present or even visible. When I started, and I crash into the mud. And now the control I thought I had gained wasn't quite as fervently embedded as I had hoped, and so I must work at the same skill again. So I ask again, why mortality? What is it about this mortal experience that determines gods from servants and celestial from telestial? Why does some appear to get that free pass on the ski lift to the top while I'm stuck trudging up the snow-covered mountain without so much as a pair of snowshoes. Now, I realize that I shouldn't compare trials or lack thereof. I know that I'm certainly not the only mountain climber who doesn't have snowshoes, and by comparison, I may even have better gear than many. But even then, I don't fully understand the significant differences each of us must work through. Why is one born into illness or poverty, crime, abuse, and others born into relative ease? Why do I need to pass through illness most of my life, nearly all of my life, but others seem to have very little problems with such things? I have the scriptural answers of being given personally and individually just what I need as far as weakness and trials are concerned, and I have even expressed that in many cases during many of the episodes of these podcasts, and I have great faith in those promises. But it doesn't stop me from wondering why. I have so many other questions related to the question of my mortality. For instance, talking about pre-earth life. How do a multitude of spirits born into and living a celestial life with celestial genetics from perfected parents become what we see in the world today? Evil, degenerate, base, animalistic. How does Judas become Cain? How does Lucifer go from a favored son of God to a son of perdition, all the while fully understanding the plan of salvation. Now, I've asked this question of many people, and of course their answer is, agency. What does that even mean? Agency is simply having increased levels of knowledge of good and evil and being allowed to choose. Everyone was born of celestial parents, so when you say agency, basically you're telling me that it's just a random occurrence that someone decides one day that evil looks and feels better. Because if we all started out from the same celestial place and all have the same genetics and agency, shouldn't we be ending up in about the same place? And yet we don't. And I think most of us can say with full understanding that this earth varies widely as far as its people. I struggle very much with that idea of randomness when it comes to agency, choice, and celestial life. Now, I don't believe that anything is random in God's world of order. Now, I suppose in some ways randomness is a fearful thought for me, And it simply does not equate with the God I know. Randomness feels like I could just walk off off the cliff without even really knowing. The God I know is just, fair, loving, merciful, generous, and kind. And I just don't believe that he creates cliffs or allows his children to walk over them. So you might be wondering, why are you asking all these questions that we don't have answers to? And what does this even have to do with mental illness? Questions are the only way we obtain answers from the Lord. Now, if we don't ask questions, we're not going to get answers. Now, we might not receive the answer because the Lord chooses to withhold it for whatever reason, but we might just receive some of the answer. And I have found in my pondering those answers come in pieces, and not always in orderly pieces where they fit neatly together. Often my piece is more like a jigsaw puzzle. One piece at a time, and not in order. And maybe just the outside and a few inner pieces. Even with a partial puzzle, you're still going to have more of a picture than when you started. And even the puzzle itself helps more pieces fit into the patterns when you get them. So questions are celestial food. Nourishment that strengthens the resolve. Okay, well, only if you're willing to look and accept the answers given. If you're not really interested in the true answer, then questions are just complaining and murmuring. What does my question have to do with mental illness? Now, From my perspective, everything. If I can obtain answers to questions of mortality and everything that comes with it, then I'm going to understand my illness and its purposes. So rather than simply ask, why this illness, although I do ask that, I also ask the larger questions of mortality. What is it about this temporary, short moment in eternity, and why is it so critical to celestial life? Now, if this life were the beginning of life, this is where it started, and we didn't have some type of pre-Earth existence, then I would have serious problems with the idea of a just and fair God. Given the various problematic, difficult, and wide-ranging circumstances of the humankind of the earth, and everyone who has come to this earth, and the small percentage that are even given the gospel here taught it, I would have great difficulty accepting the punishments and reward systems given at the day of judgment. Even if you consider the teaching in the afterlife, I would still struggle to view God as just. Every day longer I spend on this lost and fallen earth, I feel like I risk my salvation and exaltation. The preference for me would be to die as young as possible to allow for that innocence clause of the atonement to work its proverbial magic. Even that doesn't make any sense because if you die that young, and this is the only life we have, no learning took place. Now you might just say that God, God could just take into account the circumstances and allow those individuals who are raised in poor circumstances or who had died young. With some type of forgiveness pass, or just grant them the knowledge and just let him into his kingdom. The problem with that forgiveness pass and that grant of knowledge is that was Lucifer's plan. No, is that and that no learning was going to take place. And celestial kingdoms are celestial because the character of the individuals who live there, not because the world is paved with gold. Celestial beings must be celestial in nature and action. They have to meet certain criteria for entry. God cannot allow anything into his kingdom that does not meet celestial standards or his kingdom will no longer be celestial and his creations will lose confidence and trust in him as their father, which is really the basic definition of a fallen God. So for this world to be a fair experience, for everyone who enters, and for God to be a just God, we had to have sufficient and extensive training and time to learn before this life. Otherwise, this experience would have to be eons, eons longer, so that God can be judged to be trustworthy, fair, and impartial in his judgment. We would also have to be able to recall in some way that training, so that this world can become more like a final exam rather than a full degree. If we were trained extensively and individually for this exam, before this life, including everything we would or could experience, then this life makes far more sense from the idea of justice. How we placed or scored on this mortal exam would not be based on our circumstances in this earth life, but rather how well we took to our training before this life and our ability to recall that training. Obviously, with some help as requested by ourselves through some type of communication. Obviously, we call that communication prayer. Now, that doesn't explain every example, but it does help explain most circumstances. Does that mean that two spirits who were similar in the spirit world in progression, learning, experience, and obedience, call them the spiritual twins, would receive near identical experiences here on the earth? Uh, the answer is actually no. Let's say that we have two pure spirits that each had done sufficiently to die young and receive salvation and then eventually exaltation without coming to the point of accountability. They got the free pass, meaning that, or they could have the free pass, meaning that their character was already celestial by nature. Now, if their character and nature before this life was celestial, then the short, tiny experience of mortality would not change their nature from celestial to telestial all of a sudden. This means that the Lord could allow many who are already judged worthy of salvation to live long lives, to be of great benefit to their fellow beings, without risking their salvation and exaltation. He could also give them additional learning experiences that would be of great value throughout the eternities. In addition, those learning experiences could be very difficult and severe in many ways, as they would be able to withstand whatever the what the Lord refers to as chastisement. Now, I've always asked, do we know who these people are who possibly have been judged celestial? It's doubtful that the Lord would reveal that to anyone, even the prophet, but the person themselves, but the person themselves. And they are not likely going to divulge it to anyone. Now, I would suspect that it would be a very rare revelation for the Lord to do this in mortality. Although I would, also suspect that most of the prophets probably fall into that category. Now I say most, because you can find a few throughout the scriptures that have not withstood the test of mortality in time. So why mortality as a final exam, and why mix everyone together on the exam? The answer is simple. While the exam here in mortality is, is individual, it's also a group exam. Exaltation does not occur in the singular form. We must not only work personally, but as team members to obtain exaltation. Now, the basic premise being that creation cannot and does not happen in a singular form. Creation happens with two gods, not one. There must be one who organizes spiritual matter and loves and teaches and trains, and one who exalts in each work together helping one another in their given roles, forming a single cohesive unit. Now the woman organizes, teaches, and trains independent spiritual life through her portion of the priesthood. And the man exalts that creation and provides physical materials of a body and a home, each possessing their keys jointly working together to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, creation, earth, Plants. Animals. There is no greater power in the universe than to bring forth independent life and to teach and train that life in the ways of celestial character and nature. The calling of a mother and, of course, a father is the greatest calling one can obtain from the Lord, both in this life and the next. And in the next life, the title of mother Father is only given in the highest degree of celestial life. So now I ask the question again, why mortality? Does it make sense what we have been sent here to do and to experience? We are being trained and tested to bring forth the next generation of spiritual life. This is not a place of passive recreation, but a furnace of learning, testing, and experience that experience to test our knowledge and learning of that previous life that we all may share with each other in the great family of Adam and bring forth that which only exalted beings can, independent spiritual life. Yes, we are here to learn about the physical body, but more than that, we are here to test our training and learning and our desires for good that we have already received. This is the final exam, and we knew that it would be. I am not sure exactly how I viewed, or my wife viewed, or anybody viewed that idea from the realms of eternity before this life. I am sure there were some that were extremely excited, and others quite fearful. Some knew that they were ready to go. Others wondered if they were ready, and it appears a third of them knew they were not. So why mental illness? Why any illness? The test is not a standardized test where everyone receives the exact same tests, it could not be. We were not all the same coming here, and we will not all be the same leaving. But one thing is true. We will not lose ground from our nature that we had from before this earth life. If we were celestial, then we will continue so to be, even if our bodies at times fail us and we find we need to repent. We still need to learn here and there. And there is much to learn. But given that the Lord has caused such a difficult illness to fall upon us, we must have been judged at least reasonably worthy to obtain the illness. Otherwise, we could never have experienced it. I hope what I have said today has brought you to think and ponder about your illness in perhaps a very different way. Although there are times when the illness does bring me low, and I'm sure you and my perceptions of the grand nature of what we are doing weakens and darkens, in the end it brings me hope it will be that it will be a great value to myself and actually everyone around me now may the lord bless you to fight and then allow him to do his part talk to you next time